This is Cody, and I present to you this very important message. The views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the official policy or positions of the host employers. Any content provided by our hosts is their opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, entity, individual, or anyone, or anything, for that matter. Thank you and God bless. All right, welcome back to another episode of Drunk Week in Review. Uh, no witty intro means Cody's not here this week. Um, I guess I probably should have opened with some like parody Snoop Dogg lyrics um, in his honor. Um, Is it ever really good? They're, I mean, they're wonderful. They're works of art. Um, what goes on in his head. Uh, we even tried, we tried to, so... This week we tried to get, but so originally it was going to be Tuesday. Yeah, gonna be originally, so it was going to it was going to be Wednesday. So I hit everybody up Tuesday, and I'm like, "Hey, everybody, ready to pod tomorrow night?" And Cody never responds. Aaron, you say because um, you had something going on at work, and Jonathan's like, "I'm in," and I go, "Okay." And then you said, "Well." What about tonight? I can do two tonight, which is Tuesday, the whatever right, the math right. on that is, the 9th of May. And I'm like, dude, I got people coming over. And we ended up not having people come over. We ended up taking Caitlin's horse all the way up to Raleigh um, to an emergency vet where it's been for two days uh, because it got kicked in the leg and has, like, broken bone shards inside of it. That are, what? Dude, horse stuff. I don't know. Um, I just know that uh, this horse has better insurance than we do um, as well. Yeah, so it's been a nightmare. And then I thought we had the go- I thought like we had the all clear. It sounded the from me remembering the text chain on Tuesday, it sounded like we had the all clear that all four of us were going to be here tonight. And then Jonathan's kid has a concert. Uh Cody got hit with the uh Zeta variant of COVID. Um and so it's in <laughs> Aaron and and Aaron and JM special, who knows, maybe Jonathan and Cody will record later this week. We can do the A-B testing like they were talking about, and you and I will be fired. Dude, I, I hope they, they hang out because, I like, however this plays out, just catching up with the boys is always a good time. And uh, Jonathan has been kind of, like, hit me up, like, all right, man, we got a podcast. And I'm like, come on, guy, like, I'm over here trying to podcast too. But, man, family stuff first. And, uh, you know, case in point like uh, this this upcoming weekend um there's big bike ride going on uh, i wanted to sign up for but uh we got you know big family anniversary thing coming up so that takes priority um there was something else where oh yeah yeah now i remember i was supposed to watch somebody's dogs and it was like oh i had family commitments coming up as well so anyway you know take care of yourself and certainly go catch a concert yeah uh you went to um you went to a rangers Mariners. oh you want to hear about drunk you want to you want to hear about drunk fest i mean 
you just you went to a Rangers Mariners game, uh, and one. That, Dude, I, I didn't watch any of it because I was busy jawjacking the entire time. But I know Castillo, like uh, he lost the game. But if your guys is if your guys' batting is on point, I can't be mad about it because Castillo is a badass fucking pitcher, dude. Like, so I, the Rangers put up I, th- I forgot what the stat uh, before the game ended yesterday because obviously this is going to affect the average. But before the game ended yesterday, uh, the Rangers uh, scored like score like six point four runs per game. So yesterday was a bad game because they only scored four, something like that, four to three. Um, but yeah, it's. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they except for the Cincinnati series, the Rangers have won every series um, this year. It's been wonderful. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I, almost, I just I haven't been keeping up with it. It's crazy. I meant to text you um, and tell you, like, hey, the Rangers are in town. You should go see. You should go see it because it's going to be a really good series, especially because. Um, with the Mariners' win on Tuesday, on May 9th, they were at 500 for the first time since the beginning of the year. Uh, they were 18 and 18, and if they won, they were going to be like over 500 since they beat the Astro, or yeah, they played the Astros in the opening series. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like they were going to be over 500 for the first time since they played the Astros, or whatever the case might be. Um, yeah, that's kind of like the fascinating thing about baseball is like. Stakes are always high. Uh, last I checked, and this was a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, um, AL West is one of the most competitive regions, and uh, the only team that doesn't look very competitive right now is Oakland. And, oh, which no, is the weird because sometimes so Oakland just – The AL East is the most competitive. Uh, the So they did it – They did it was two days ago. So they put the AL East rankings – so American League East is I gotta, do, I gotta remember this. This is Tampa Bay, Toronto, New York, Yankees, Baltimore, Baltimore, and Boston. Okay, right. So those five teams, they put the American League East, and then the next five teams are the American League Central, which is the White Sox, the Kansas City, the Kansas City. The Twins, um, Detroit Tigers, and I'm missing somebody. Who's my fifth team? So White Sox, Twins, uh, Kansas City, <laughs> Detroit. Oh, God. Who am I missing? I can't remember who my fifth team is in there. Anyway, but they put the AL East um, rankings up and then the AL Central rankings up. The the entire American League East, the last place team would be first place in the American League Central. Uh, it's that. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. The Reds? The Reds are. Uh, Guardians. Oh, Cleveland. Monfrere. Cleveland. 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 Cleveland Guardians, yeah. Cleveland. Cleveland. Um, yeah, they, uh, the... Yeah, the last place team in the American League East would be the first place team in the American League Central because the American League East is that good right now. <laughs> there's, it's crazy. Like, there's teams that, there's teams that nobody thought this year were going to be 
as good as they were. Nobody thought the Rangers were going to be. Can I ask you something about baseball? Is like baseball can be competitive, and and it sounds like the AL East is is a tough division to to exceed in. It is this year. Do you think it's kind of fucked up that like an AL West and an AL East can go against each other and say the playoffs and like a team that has like an AL East's worst record in the AL West can upset that just through baseballism, which is never-ending like calculus, you know? So, yes. Am I am I asking a good question or is it just yeah. too like confusing? So, up until this year, I would have said yes. Um, but one of the big changes this year is all 30 teams will play each other. So, um, interleague. When does There's it... been a lot of interleague play. That's been I've I've definitely well, taken so note. Interleague play. Um, interleague play started in the 90s, 1997. So 1997 is the first year that interleague play starts in Major League Baseball. Up until 1997, um, the 15 teams in the American League just played each other all year long. So if you do the math on that, you're one of 15 teams. Um, the tw- Yeah. So if you're one of 50, I forget how this freaking works. Um, it, Dude, you it, put, you it's play just like each, you arbitrary play. rules to say like, you, oh, National League versus American League. Yeah, you, and there's like this dude that only throws balls and like whatever. Right, yeah. So you, uh, you, you play each other a lot is what it comes down to. Um, right. And then <laughs> the in between 1997 and 2022, you have interleague play, which means now American League teams start playing National League teams. Um, cool. And then in 2023, they said, and, and I'm sorry, in between 1997 and 2022, you played, I forget what it is, like like 10, uh, 10 interleague teams. Teams? No, not even that many. Um, it, it was not very many. You played. You didn't play. You did not play the whole National League. Um, so it's suffice to say that the talent used to be like narrow, and they only played each other. But now the talent pool is larger, and everybody plays each other in. Well, so starting this more year, frequent and infrequent amount, or no more more frequent frequent amounts. Yeah, more infrequent. So in. In your league, in well, I'll just stick with the American League. So, in your league, you used to play nineteen games against every other team in your division. So, Texas. So the Rangers would play Houston nineteen times, the Angels nineteen times, Oakland nineteen times, and Seattle nineteen times within one season. Uh, 19 times 7 is what? 76, or 19 times 4 is 76. So that's just under half of your games. Just under half your games are in the um, in your division. And then you would play, <laughs> play X amount of games outside of your division, but still in the league. Okay? And then you would play like 20 games against National League teams. So you would play you know, let's say you're going to play Atlanta, you're going to play Washington, you're going to play the Mets, and you're going to play the Reds, and you're going to play them three games in Texas, and then you're going to play them three games at their at their site. Now what they're doing 
is they've reduced the amount of games you play against divisional rivals. And now you're going to play every single team in Major League Baseball. So this year, every team will face every other team. So no matter who you get in in the playoffs, in the division championship, in the league championship, and in the World Series, you have played that team at least twice. Dude, that makes the stakes so much higher. And I, the first thing I think of is Toronto and uh, the Rangers. Say it. Oh, 2015. Well, I'm not, I don't need to say it because that was such a, like, are you talking about emotional talking, year for playing baseball? Like, could you imagine if the yes. the if the uh, stakes were even higher, where you're like, that, all right, that we wasn't only even, get one. That wasn't even we a World only Series get game. one less shot at these motherfuckers. That wasn't even a World Series game. That's two thousand. That's two thousand and fifteen American League Championship Series mm. Game Five. Jose Bautista three run go ahead home run into the second deck of left field. Does the bat flip in the next year? Rugna Dord knocks his helmet off with the punch heart around the world because bat flips get fat lips. Take that to your grave, Bautista. <laughs> um, I mean, he looks like a fucking dirtbag. He doesn't, and I'll leave it he at doesn't that. even play anymore. Neither does Robinson Cano. Correct. And he looked like a dirtbag, too. Odor does play. He plays for... Um, San Diego. I don't know how he ended up on a on a like a championship team, but he plays for San Diego. It's like well, how jerks and how did was there last San year. Diego turn things around and become a s- fucking amazing team? Well, like San Diego's weird. They po- remember when they were a bunch of losers. They coached Blake Snell from Tampa Bay. They picked up you Darvish from Chicago. They got Juan Soto from uh, Juan Soto from Washington. They picked up Manny Machado. From Baltimore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, God dang, I can't even think of like. Dude, who the uh, hey, so uh, on the West Coast, uh, San Diego, their marketing has been flying through the roof. Like, like you'll be driving on your way to Seattle, and you see a sign that says "Come visit San Diego. It's great here." And then you go down there, and you're like, "Oh my God, this is America's greatest city." Yeah, it's great. San Diego's got a, a thing. Over on the West Coast. It's like paradise. I want to do a baseball tour. For cities. I want to do a baseball tour of California where I see a game in San Diego and then I go see a Dodgers game and then I see an Angels game in Anaheim and then I go see an Athletics game before they move to Las Vegas and then I go see a Giants game. And I just hit every I hit every California team in like the span of 10 days maybe. Dude, we should plan that. Uh, like, that's not outside of the realm of, po- I, realm of possibilities. I planned you a great baseball trip between freaking Come on, guy. Cleveland you gave me and 12 days, and then guess what happened? Exactly what I thought would happen. No, I planned you a perfect trip between Cleveland and St. Louis or wherever you were going, Cleveland and Chicago, and I, and I even told you who the opponents were. I gave you start times of the games, and I was like, yeah, if you leave by this time, I gave you the distance between the cities. I gave you a great baseball trip, and you didn't see any of them. I don't know what you want me to do. I wanted you to go to all these baseball games. <laughs> I did, too. Because your idea was better than what happened to me. <laughs> what, karaoke in some rando bar? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a night of straight debauchery. 
Oh yeah, there's this uh uh a darker story was that I I think um no, you know it doesn't matter. <laughs> it it just you don't want to put you don't booze you don't want to put it there on the internet for perpetuity, right? C- correct. <laughs> uh suffice to say like uh it w- it was an annoying situation for everybody. So um get me out of here. But yeah, yeah. No. Um you planned it right. That was fucking sick, man. And I wish that's how it worked out. Um the way it worked out and I'll uh I'll absolutely rat out my my buddy and be like he he planned the trip. He booked this the way he wanted it to. And um he absolutely based it on like the idea that he's going to be in South Bend, Indiana seeing college girls. And they're like, "Okay, man. Does he know We're in our 30s. College girls go and to he baseball goes, games." He, so 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 I said that and he, you know what he says? He goes, "Yeah, dude, like grad students." <laughs> so it's like Okay, dude, we're in our thirties, so um, I'll absolutely fucking rat him out for that shit. And it was just a shit show the entire time. We had a blast though. We got, we just got really wasted, <laughs> and I did some karaoke. Um, you, but I also got you sing, got to Minneapolis you and like Waylon? Minneapolis got. How's that? Do you sing Waylon? Oh no, I I did. Uh, I only did the one. Um, Hank Jr., all my rowdy friends have settled down. Of course. Well, have you settled down? I think you have. I have. Until this last weekend where you apparently turned up too. So don't give me I, no shit for doing all, some fucking Hank Jr. First of all, I got peer pressured by my wife. You don't go out enough. You don't do anything. You should go hang out with the boys. Oh, my God. She's been saying this since, since she was pregnant. It hurt really Dude, bad. Dude, she's awesome. Yeah, it, Caitlin is awesome. But it hurt really bad, and I blame her for it. <laughs> it you should. You drunk. I woke up the next morning. It was like, I hate you so much. This is all <laughs> your fault. <laughs> Dude, we were uh, we left South Bend, Indiana, and Bobby and I stayed up to like half past three, like drinking beers or whatever. Um the next morning, I'm driving through Southside Chicago with like bumper to bumper traffic with these big tractor trailers, you know, boxing me in. It was insane. Jill, it was some Jill fucking Rochambeau traffic. Yeah, he had the box truck and I had the luxury vehicle. And I was like listening to do, uh, my cycling pod or my cycling playlist and then uh, like my Vet Bro podcast or gotcha. whatever. So, but just like I had the shakes. I was so fucking drunk that whole week oh man did i tell you what happened in uh, pittsburgh you didn't see a pirates game i just want to correct myself before we go on because i found i've got the i finally found a website that'll load the ranger schedules uh they have not won every series <laughs> they've lost their series against orioles they lost their series against chicago and they lost they got swept by the reds that one hurt really bad um anyway no, didn't see Pittsburgh, but um, I did watch the end of the Pittsburgh game. Um, dude, they had a guy that was playing in the Pittsburgh minors in the AAA uh, 
club. He was playing in the minors for 13 years. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he finally made his started. Pitching, he made his pitching debut, and I think he won that debut. No, I don't know. I don't think uh, Pittsburgh won. It was just. Anyway, that was a that was a really amazing thing to watch, and there was some some local guys in there watching the same game, and like when they were doing the interview, everybody in the bar was clapping for him. It was, it was pretty rad. We found a, an awesome sports bar. Prior to the really great sports bar, I I was at a cocktail lounge, and um, you text me pictures from Greece of old fashions, you know, like. Oh, I yeah. feel like I did that from the top of you know, Hilton overlooking a whiskey the cocktail is is something that at least every single one of my friends has absolutely enjoyed with me and and I love hearing about people's experiences with cocktails. It's it's a fun culinary thing. So, uh Bobby orders an all what he orders a um a Manhattan, I order an old fashioned. I go out to pee. I come back, and as I'm coming back, a bartender's shaking, cracks her shaker, pours her drink, passes it to Bobby. And I know that Bobby, or the uh, the Manhattan. You do not shake a Manhattan. You stir it. You shake cocktails when, it, when they have uh, egg white or when they have citrus involved. You do not need to aerate a Manhattan. You simply have to stir it. So her execution of a classic cocktail was incorrect. At the cocktail lounge. Okay. I had my old fashioned. It was it was fine based off of my experience with her shaking her previous cocktails. So um what I would like to do is blow her up and be like why did you do it this way kind of thing, you know? Probably, um, how, she, probably how she was taught. Probably how she was taught. So I think, well, instead of being a jerk, why don't we actually figure out what she she wa- she wants to make? Because that's what I want. So I go, hey, um, this is a great drink. What do you like to make? And she said, Miller Lite bottles. Yes. Did you you did you ever work in a dive bar or did you just work in the fancy bar? Fancy bars. Yeah, that was my favorite. Like when people came up and they go, mm, I don't know, can you just pick something? It was whatever draft beer was right next to me is what they got. <laughs> like, here. Can I get a Bloody Mary? I was like, oh, Bud Light? No, Bloody Mary. I'm like, it's really loud in here. Two Bud Lights coming up. <laughs> hey, pal, I'm with you. It's Friday night. It was night. a cocktail bar. Friday night at 1 a.m. I'm not making Bloody Marys. No. It, it is five deep at the bar. Go away. <laughs> Dude, I'm with you. Uh, I've got friends that work at bars like that. A uh, community bar scene is 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 definitely like that, where you're like, read the room, pal. You know, what cracked me up was that uh, we were at a, a like a cocktail lounge, you know. Um, so, man, fuck that place, Pittsburgh. See you later. I t- never have to be 
Never have to go back. So there was a really nice, um, there's a really nice cocktail lounge, and I'm sure it's still there. I just haven't been there since t- 2007, 2008. Uh, piano bar in downtown New Braunfels, Texas. Um, and if you notice, there's okay. only like, like the song says, there's only one S in New Braunfels. So for everybody listening, it's New Bra- it's not New Braunfels, it's New Braunfels. Um, and they were known for the martinis, right? And so if you think of a martini style, that's what they did. So the chocolate martinis and the apple teenies and the peach teenies and all. Th- but And they did them really well. Um, so we had this like little circle of death that all the bartenders would, you know, on your off nights, you visited all the bars around you. Because um, it was just kind of a bar scene down there, and all the bartenders were tight with each other, except for maybe two bars, and we like collectively boycotted those. Um, That's rad as fuck, dude. So yeah, like on my off nights, we we had a routine where we'd start at um, we'd start at my home bar that I bartended at for a beer and a shot, and then we went across the street to the Black Whale where we had a shot there with the bartender, and then we went across the street and up to the Irish pub where we had a beer, and then we went down to Brothers where we had another beer, and then we went down to the piano bar where we had a um, a shot and a cocktail or a shot and a beer, and then we ended up back at your home bar. And everybody kind of did the same variation of it, where they started at their bar, did the loop, and then ended up at their bar for the night. So on one of these drinking excursions, uh, we're at the piano bar, um, the Uptown Piano Bar in downtown New Braunfels. And I'm talking with the manager there, who's a really good dude who actually stayed at his place for quite a while. He had an apartment in San Marcos that he didn't live at, and he let me live at rent-free for like six months. Um, And so I'm talking with him, and I'm – it's not – it is a – it is a constant crowd, right? It's a piano bar. There is a vibe to it. It's candle lit. Uh, everybody that works there is like in the white shirt, black tie, black slacks kind of thing. Uh, the people that come in there, if they're not service industry like us, tend to be, you know, in a collared shirt. There is a vibe to this place. Um, but it's there's always two or three people at the bar ordering drinks. Always two or three people. And there's always several... Um, waiters or waitresses wait staff coming back with drink orders but these cocktails are getting turned out like really quickly you know by the time the your wait person comes to you and you say chocolate martini and they come back i mean it's a matter of like three to five minutes you know it's it's coming out fairly quickly and so i asked him i go hey some of these cocktails are fairly like intricate and he goes oh yeah and he just opens up the cooler and he goes dude first thing you do you get here two hours and you premix everything he's like you just premix everything he, and they know what <laughs> and like they know what sells so the chocolate martini you just premix the base that way all they have to do is dip the chocolate they only have to dip the glass in the chocolate sauce rim it and then they boom pre-made um and if they're feeling fancy if somebody's sitting there what they'll do is they'll quote-unquote gather ingredients behind the bar and pour it into they'll pour the premix into their shaker and then come up and then just kind of top the shaker off with a few things and shake it right there and then pour it in it's genius 
it's genius. Like yeah, that's I love what that. that's what you're known for. That I mean, every all the other cocktails are handmade. Um, but if you're known for eight different signature martinis, and that's what thirty to twenty five to thirty percent of your clientele is drinking, you know, who's not drinking bottled beer, yeah, pre make it all night long. These guys in Tacoma, they did something like that, but it was like a lavender vodka drink with um, egg white. And they've basically had the same signature cocktail for the last 10 years or whatever. And I mean, it's, I don't know. As far as cocktails go, um, they've been doing the same thing for a long time. It is pretty good. Um, not my vibe, you know, lavender vodka. Nah, I'm good. I had lavender. And it honey. does. I had lavender and honey ice cream the other day. That wasn't terrible. No, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was like it had little bits of lavender in it. So every now and then you pick like pick, legitimately picked a piece of lavender out of your teeth. But it had a really, mm. really interesting flavor to it. We mm. just had a new Mexican food joint up here open up here too and I had a Paloma for the first time in God knows how many years because I just forgot they existed uh, ever since I left Texas I forgot Palomas were a thing um, is that uh, grape just grape juice uh, grapefruit soda tequila grapefruit soda yeah so it's tequila lime juice soda water and grapefruit or a grapefruit soda you know um, it's I forgot they were a thing, and it was great, and it came with a, uh, what did they lime it with, or rim it with? They did it with, um, crap, so it was salt, but, oh, it was a, uh, it was a chili salt, so it was like a chili, um, you know, you ever, you ever eat those Mexican candies, the, like the watermelons that have the chili powder on them? Like tahini? Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, so it was a, it was a salty. I love that. It was a salty chili powder, um, with this. I'm. I imagine they were using like a grapefruit fresca or, or grapefruit jaritos or something like that. But it was stunning. It was great. Ten out of ten. Would recommend. Do, you know what I would do? I would do it like this. If I'm going to do a paloma, I'm going to pick out a like a really mild mezcal. I'm going to use fresh squeezed uh, grapefruit. And I'm gonna top it with Topo Chico. So Topo, that's actually, the play. Topo, uh, you wouldn't even. We well, you could use the, you could use the grapefruit, but Topo um, makes a twist of grapefruit flavor that is incredible. Oh, Highly, of course they do. Highly I mean, recommend. That's a outstanding, outstanding soda product right there. Yeah, if um, you can afford, uh, if you can afford twelve of them for twenty dollars or whatever a case goes for, I think it's like eighteen bucks for twelve. Yeah, cost cost the same as like a, a Pierre or a Lacroix. No, not Lacroix. No, yeah, Lacroix is like six dollars or seven dollars. Yeah. Mike well, Spen- it used Mike to be Spen- cheap for a six pack. Yeah, my expensive bubbly but water. Pierre and uh, San Pellegrino is the one I was thinking of. Yeah, the, the um, San Pellegrino. Caitlin likes that. Um, I think it's got a lot of sugar in it, though. Well. The mineral water is is squared. Oh, okay. No sugar. I'm sorry. Yeah. When you go to the sodas, like, man, those sodas are off the hook. But the but they're sodas. You know, uh, I think of a Paloma as as taking like that high end quality San Pellegrino, but like, dude, um, when it comes to a mimosa or um, you know even 
a red beer, mm. the more fresh that you can get the product, the better I think it's going to come out. So when I say like, man, Paloma would be super rad if it was like a mezcal with a fresh squeezed grapefruit and uh, like a Topo Chico topper to just give it some body. Like I'm talking like you want tons of that fresh grapefruit and I then you want that. that Topo Chico to just give it that like that fizz to it. Um, there was a brunch place we used to go to in Austin. Or, so there was one in Round Rock. Um, there's two or three in Austin called Red's Back Porch. Um, and I got mm-hmm. into them because I don't mind mimosas. You know, I, they're they're not the worst thing in the world. Um, they're, they're a good little drink. And then I went there and they had grapefruit it's medicinal. They had grapefruit mimosas. And so we, we ordered a craft of grapefruit and a craft of grapefruit mimosas for $12 a craft. Right. And there was five of us. So it was kind of all understood that everybody orders a craft when it's your turn. So we ordered, I think two to start off with, and we just kind of went around the table. Uh, and I fell in love with, that's where I just, I went, this is the only way to drink mimosas. I don't, not the orange juice, but like a grapefruit mimosa is incredible. Um, and that's where I just, the idea of, I have, the idea of grapefruit and drinks is now, I just love it. And that's, that's why when I saw the Paloma on the menu and I went, oh, oh yeah, I haven't had one of these in a while. And I'm getting uh, cheesy birria tacos to go with. Like, yeah, this is going to be great. And it was. Ooh, yum. It was really great. Um, Did the phone eat first? The phone? Oh, no. Yeah, did you I take a take, picture? I take a picture of that shit. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It was, In fact, it was the uh, grand opening for the restaurant. People were being dicks. Um, you can tell who has never worked in the service industry because they go they go to a restaurant on opening night and go, why isn't everything perfect? I'm giving you a one-star review. Um, and if they just shut their mouth and eaten the food, that food was incredible. Mm. Man, people are crazy. Bitches be crazy. Bitches be crazy. And bitches meaning people. Dude, so, um, yeah, no, the baseball game was super rad. Um, that's the first time I commuted to to, to work on, on bike. I saw and that. that you, was had like something a two, else, you had, like, dude. a two-hour drive to work. <laughs> Wasn't that right? Yeah. No, man. Like, I, I rode my bike for three hours. That's what it was. To get to work. Yeah, it was, like, two and a half, three-hour drive into work, right? Yeah, it was yeah. nuts. Except uh, I did it at sunrise in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, the pictures do not do it justice, Mon Frere. That was fucking rad, man. Like, um, I was down at Point Defiance at 5.30, 5.45 in the morning to catch the first ferry out, and uh, sun was coming over. Uh, Mount Rainier was totally um, silhouetted, and uh, the water looked like glass, you know? So, uh, and, and then, you know, like even when I got to the Island, I'm like, I'm riding just basically uphill for an hour. Like I'll, I'll level with you, <laughs> but, um, that sucks. You know, it was just kind of, it was so quiet and serene. That was, that was an awesome experience. Like that, that to me is like quintessential Pacific Northwest where you're like, man, like I forgot how much I love it here, you know? 
Um, I mean, that I think sounds... it was like 40 degrees, 45 degrees that morning. 45 degrees that morning, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's that's great because it keeps you it keeps you cool because you at 50 you're probably like me like that 55 degree weather is prime riding weather for me it's like prime running weather cuz it's i i'm right on the edge of i could still run with the shirt on um and i'm not sweating miserably um it doesn't take me an hour to cool down after my run you know it's it's enough that I'm cool. It keeps me cool when I hit the shadows, um, and it warms me up when I'm in the sun. You know, it's like that perfect kind of, you know, if, I, if I'm in the shadows, I want to run a little faster because I'm getting cold. If I'm in the sun, I can bring it back a little bit and enjoy it. Yeah, it, it was awesome, man. Um, just I wish I would have taken pictures from Vashon where I was like just uh, big old tall, evergreens on either side of the road with the uh, sun kind of cutting in just no cars in in both directions with um, just a lot of beautiful highway did you uh, just take the bus back home no I took train or train train back home just you throw your bike on the the uh, yeah man Uh, dude like uh, the way I left the Rangers game I I left early so I could anticipate traffic and um, I, I ran, well, I was pretty hammered, but I ran from the baseball stadium back to Pioneer Square, picked up the bike, rode the bike to the train station. So, like, I did PT all day yesterday. Um, man, it was fucking awesome. I'm trying to remember, because where did uh, Pioneer Square? I'm, I'm trying to remember all this um, because the uh, – it's not AT&T Center. Is it AT&T Stadium? No, what's y'all's stadium up there? Comcast? Well, or T-Mobile. T-Mobile, that's what it is. Um, that is Safeco. That's like, yeah, Safeco is what I remember it as. Um, but it is, I mean, T-Mobile is downtown, downtown. Like, it is downtown Seattle, right? If I remember so this it's, correctly, it's, Soto. it's like... Uh, T-Mobile is Soto. What separates Soto from downtown, which I like to think of as Pike Place, is Pioneer Square. And uh, Pioneer Square, Soto, and Pike Place are, I think of, as the most popular Seattle destinations. That's right, right, because it's it's right by that major intersection. Um, It's right by that major highway intersection. Exchange, and that's what I remember about it. Because if I mean, it's right there on the sound. Um, like you're, you're, dude. Public transportation drops you off in front of the fucking baseball field. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, you can come up from anywhere and go watch a baseball game. That was something that I was very, very impressed with. Oh, I and, love it. I you mean, know, when I think of even like places like Denver was set up that way. I haven't been to an Oakland game, but I imagine it's much the same so I was I was looking at athletics tickets and you can get um, you can get like the owner seats which are effectively the ones that are field level that are right next to the dugout so you can just reach out and like talk to the players right there they're like uh, $150 a ticket um, $150 a ticket for at 
most other ballparks, those are fifteen to $2,500 tickets because <laughs> they have about 1,200 people show up per game in Oakland. <laughs> it's obscene. Yeah, th- I mean, I didn't know that uh, they were moving to Oakland or, or, or uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad about that. Well, but so they're, apparently they're not necessarily moving. The owners of the athletics have signed an agreement with the city of Los Angeles to purchase 40 acres, 50 acres, 40 acres. I don't know. They've signed an agreement with the city of Las Vegas to purchase X amount of land in Las Vegas. That doesn't mean they're moving the team, but they, they have to purchase this land or they owe the city of Las Vegas money. And then there's talk about, um, What's Elon's stupid um, Uber tunnel that he built under there? Um, the thing that's supposed to get you... Fr- you know what I'm talking about? Area 69. Yeah, I'm sure. But there's talk about uh, tying in with Musk and having that... Whatever that stupid tunnel is, that is... It, it's quite literally just a tunnel um, for Uber where Teslas pick you up at one point and drop you off at another. Um, and there's talk about okay, connecting. Yeah, you've talked about that before. Yeah, there's talk about connecting whatever that stupid thing is into Oakland. Um, there's They're saying that, or into the new stadium, um, Oakland is saying they may even leave Oakland this year. Their minor league affiliate, the Las Vegas Aviators, have already said that you can just use our ballpark for the rest of the season if you want. Um, And so they may just get up and move Oakland during the middle of the season and go play the rest of their major league games in a minor league ballpark in Las Vegas. I don't know. Uh, Portland, Oregon would love a major league baseball team, and I would love that for Portland. I hate I, I've I've never been to Las Vegas, and I have no desire to go there because it's in a desert. You're like fuck that. So like you know who needs one is so you need Portland, one, Oregon. No, you need one in Kentucky or Tennessee. Um, you need one in the Carolinas. Or the Virginias. Um, so think about it. Yeah, you, I guess a Charlotte could use a Right, so you have, team. you have two in New York. You have one in Boston. You have one in Washington State. And you have one in Baltimore. So you, uh, and then you have one in Pittsburgh. You have one in Philly. So that kind of takes that little corner of the world right there. Oh, in Toronto. So that takes that little. Dude, corner if you of the live world. in Kentucky, then you can go to Ohio. Yeah, go or see Illinois. A Cl- go see a Cleveland game or a Cincinnati game, I guess. Uh, where does me living in North Carolina go? Or St. Louis? You know, in do- North Carolina, you can go to West Virginia. No, I can drive my happy ass four and a half hours down to Atlanta, I guess, and go catch. And that's from where I'm at. Or I can drive the. No, you can go to D.C. four hours away. Or I can go up to five hours away. Yeah, and I can go up to DC, which is like five and a half for me. So, but that's what I'm saying is you need a, we need a team in, we need a team in South Carolina, in um, East Tennessee. Uh, put a put a team in Nashville. Yeah, there you go. Or 
or Charlotte. So, and then because if you put a team in, or put a, fuck, put a team in Memphis, put a team in Memphis. That way, people from Memphis Louis- has a AAA uh, Cardinals. Yeah. Um, but put a team there. That way, if you're in, I don't know, Mississippi, you can go visit them. If you put a team in Tennessee, you got, you know, there's the people in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, and Tennessee, and Kentucky, and West Virginia, and North Carolina, and South Carolina just don't have a team to root for. Hey, quick question. Um, the Fayetteville Swamp Rats, the who do they double A for? Are they, the wood, or are they the single? The Woodpeckers? Yeah, the Fayetteville Wood. Okay. Yeah, the Fayetteville Woodpeckers are a high A affiliate of the Houston Astros. So I used to wear my Rangers gear every time I'd go there, or I'd wear my, um, or I'd wear uh, one of my uh, Astros suck shirts, or there Astros or Cheaters shirts, whatever I felt like that day. Oh, I thought it was Swamp Rats or something like that. Yeah, they're the Woodpeckers. Or maybe it was, maybe uh, Swamp Rats or the uh, Fire Ants was. Fire Ants was a. Uh, Hockey. Yes. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the woodpeckers, because remember, this area of North Carolina has that, like, endangered species of woodpecker up here. Um, that's what it's named. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, my dad told me a long, long time ago that he went on a training site, and it was, uh, he called it a tick reservation. Poor K. Why? Why? Oh, well, he was making a joke. Because they had that. Meme. It was a joke because there was just so many ticks, <laughs> and I just I never understood. Like, why would you section off forest for ticks? For bro? ticks? Oh, yeah, you know. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Who knows? Who knows? What a. Uh, so I I knew what I was getting Dude, into. Uh, so um, I knew what I was getting uh, into this episode because. The two things I wanted to talk about, I was like, God dang it, it's me and Aaron, and we're not gonna want he's not gonna want to talk politics, and I know damn well he didn't watch the Trump town hall, and I have so much to say about this shit, and it's it would not be good for conversation. So what do you have? <laughs> I started for Kasha. Um, <laughs> started for Kasha. I got I got some Kasha in the fridge. Did you, I uh, did you let it rise? Yeah, I'm I'm happy, dude. It's been in there for 48 hours as of like. 20 minutes ago. Have you, been, so, have you been putting oil and butter on it every three to five hours? No, no, no. I only oiled it the once, according to recipe. According to recipe, I only ordered, um, oiled it the day that I put it into the into the fridge. Uh, so I got to oil it one more time and then start rolling it out. I was kind of thinking about making like Detroit-style wait, pizza. Wait, hold on a second. Um, hold on a second. Roll it out. Well, you know, punch it into the 9 by 13 or whatever. It should have been flat when it goes in the fridge. I mean, it's it said basically like it felt pretty rustic, man. I don't. I've never made bread before, so I don't know how it's going to come oh, out. But like so, it said, so focaccia, um, focaccia is a like a low rise bread, right? You know, it's not a super thick bread. It should be like a low rise breadstick kind of thing. Um, every time okay. I've made it, this is me. Every time I've made it, so you do the initial rise of like three, four hours, something like that, covered, um, and then you press it out into the pan. Well, I'm sorry, I take that back. Hold on. I would throw my dough into the fridge. I would cheat. 
I'd throw my dough into the fridge for an hour. That way I could stop the yeast. And then I'd bring it out and I'd press it into my like 9 by 13 pan. Roll it out, press it in. Um, and that's where I'd put my, put my fingerprints in it. You know, do my dimples all the way through. Um, and then I would olive oil and rosemary and thyme and... Was it rosemary, thyme, and basil? Rosemary, thyme, parsley? I forget what I put on it. Um, Any herb, really. Yeah, so I put that across the top with maybe um, maybe a little butter, maybe a little cheese if I was feeling frisky. But it was already rolled out when it went into the fridge. And then at the 12-hour mark, I'd do a light coat of oil again. And then at the 24-hour mark, I'd do a light coat of oil, and it go effectively straight into the... Um, oven from there because I don't want it to get a second rise on it. I don't want it to become like this puffy loaf. Yeah, I've got some general directions for it, and um, so you're gonna. I'm just gonna follow it to spec. So you're gonna um, roll it out before. So right now it's just a ball of dough in a thing in the fridge. Right. So I'll, I'll pull it out. What I'd like to do and what I didn't do was uh cut it in half because it looked like it was gonna just be a bunch of just a bunch of bread so um what i what i kind of thought about doing was uh cutting it in half and then building it out and just trying to how many cups make it as a how many cups of flour two and a half three like you know, three and a half i think uh three and a half cups of flour uh, one and a half to one and three quarters thing of water one and a half teaspoons of dough, or did you go with the full two and a half? Or I'm sorry, one and a half teaspoons of yeast, or did you go with like the full two and a half? You're looking up the recipe. Called for half a teaspoon. Half a for teaspoon. Three and a quarter half, cup. Half a teaspoon of yeast. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, that'll keep it from rising. Yeah, it'll be a super flat bread. Yeah, that'll do it. Okay, so the more yeast you add, the bigger it gets. So like a, a like a tablespoon of yeast to three cups of flour would have made a... A good pizza dough. More billowy. It'd make a good pizza dough. So f- my pizza dough is two and a half cups of flour... Uh, one and a quarter. It's like it, it's a it's between one and one and a quarter cups of water. It just depends on what the dough needs that day. Um, and one teaspoon of yeast. Uh, if I'm making a loaf of bread, then I'm three cups of flour and two teaspoons of yeast. But that's a like that's in a pan loaf of bread or if I'm doing like a French loaf or something like that where I really want it puffy and I want the outside to be crust and the inside to be uh, super soft. It's all depends Man, on how... this is where I wish you and I uh, lived a little bit closer together because um, this uh, adding yeast in thing is, is kind of trippy. Do you buy Fleischmann's? Um, do, you get the, do you get the easy... Fleischmann's is the easy one to use. Brown, right. brown thing, yellow yeah, top, I, throw it in the fridge when you're done. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I got. Um, I didn't know that you could make your own brioche. I didn't know you could make your own burger buns. So I like. I, I want to get fucking I, wild. Didn't over I here, send dude. you all that? That I made the brioche buns uh, two weeks ago. 
Well, I got you mixed up with my other buddy that did the same thing. Oh yeah, I did. Um, I did brioche buns. Anthony did the same thing, so I didn't know you were doing it. Yeah, uh, I thought I sent that out. Uh, the one Dude, who's gonna make the boyillo first? The uh, the Mexican brioche. It's kind of flat. Uh, boyillo. That's B O Y Y I L O. Probably right? like B O L L I O. Right boyillo. there, you go. Um, I don't boyillo. Know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I thought I sent y'all a picture. I did the brioche, and what's weird about the brioche? Brioche is not dairy friendly because you have to use dehydrated milk in it. Wild. Yeah. Whoa. It was dope, and I had to leave my. I had to leave but my. But ciabatta sp- is a fantastic bread that you could pivot to, right? Ciabatta is fun. Um, I love focaccia, especially because focaccia is one of those that. I would just make. What's the difference between a focaccia and a, a ciabatta? Because they both sound the same to me. Focaccia's like sorry. Focaccia's got the dimples in it. That's where you go through, and you're physically going to push your fingers into it. Oh. So, uh, if I'm let me, I'm going to look this up, but I'm going to tell the story as I'm looking up. That way, I can correct myself. So, focaccia bread. If I'm not, uh, and Cody's mom's going to kill me because I'm pronouncing it all kinds of wrong. Um, there is a story that this bread, where am I thinking of? Pretty sure it's focaccia. So there's a story, there's a story that, um, focaccia is, it starts at like the seaports of Italy, uh, by the dock workers, um, Mm-hmm. because they are getting like french loaves or something like that. And so this is one of those that is built out of and this may be, you know, um Fikasha invented in 1975. Yeah. Um but it's effectively like they're embarrassed that the these Italian dock workers are constantly eating this french bread. Um, and so that they they create this quick bread that is very filling that they can just give to the dock workers that can have that can have um, sustenance and one of heritage. Um, okay, yeah. So I guess that's a that's a. Uh, Okay, so as I'm doing it, it is a fair old wives' tale. It's an, yeah, an old wives' tale that it's. Uh, oh, ciabatta is invented in Milan in 1970s. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, it was it was one of those like wives' tales I'd heard, you know, uh, but it was a fun kind of fun kind of history of it that I'd always stuck to. Um, which I'm glad I read about it. I'm glad you asked. Love Fakasha. Dude, this is a, this uh ciabatta is certainly a lot more complicated than the um Fakasha. Yeah, I mean yeah, Fakasha is just a is just a flat bread. <laughs> it's, you just stunt the growth. Okay. Yeah, you just stunt the growth of your yeast. Um pro tip whenever you make your um, whenever you make your pizza dough, make sure it's in the fridge for at least three to five, three hours prior. Um, I do like three to 
three to 24 hours, but at least three hours to stop the yeast production. So okay. So let it rise for about an hour to two hours, beat the shit out of it, get it back down, and then throw it in the fridge. That way it doesn't rise again. Wild. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun. I've never done it before. Yeast is a, a new new place to go start exploring. Um, I do want to touch on the Trump stuff. So what's your read? Yeah, so... Um the Trump scene. Hey man, I'm happy not being in culture wars just no, for, no, so, uh, for perspective. So the, I, I don't know what's going on. So what made this super interesting was that it's Trump appearing on CNN. So, uh, you know, uh, for four years of his presidency, he um, he he just bashes CNN. You know, this is the fake news. This is their being unfair to me. And whatever. You know, have your opinion. Cool. Um. I didn't. I didn't know what to expect out of this. I knew what to expect out of him. I did not know what to expect out of the moderator, um, and I was very proud of the moderator. And I think this is how all political town halls could go, because or should go, because there was no quarter given. Um, this was one of those that like several times. Uh, so the one that sticks in my mind right now is she asked him. Um, the uh, about a federal abortion ban. And so they're in New Hampshire. It's a Republican state. They are in a college. The audience is effectively filled with Republicans or people who voted Republican. Everybody who asked a question voted for Trump in 2020. Everybody... A lot of people were like, I am an unaffiliated voter, but I voted for you in 2020. Or I was an unaffiliated voter, but I'm campaigning for you in 2024. So everybody there, CNN filled the seats with people who voted for him in 2020. So the way it worked was she would ask, the moderator would ask like two questions. I guess she's not a moderator. She's kind of the host. But she asked two questions. And then one person from the audience. And the one that sticks out in my head that I think she did, this is why I think that all need all town halls need to be like this, um, is she asked, would you, want, would you sign a federal abortion ban, right? So Trump being Trump immediately goes, well, I did such a great thing stacking the courts and getting Roe v. Wade in the Dobbs decision um, over. That I, I that was my doing. Nobody else has done anything quite so great as I did. Da 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 da. da. And she goes, "That's not what I asked. Would you sign a federal abortion ban?" Well, there's lots of things. You know, we're leaving it up to the states. And this person has this idea, and this person has this idea, and it's all about you know where do we stand? And she goes, "That's not what I asked. Would you sign a Would you sign a federal abortion ban?" Well, like I said. This person has this idea, and this person has this idea, and I have to weigh them out. And she goes, once again, not what I'm asking. Would you sign a federal abortion ban? And he gets a little indignant. He's like, I already answered the question if you were listening. You're a real mean—he called her a nasty person like three times. It's like you're She's a, a nasty woman. Yeah, he's like, you're a real nasty Remember person. Remember that? Yeah, you're a mean person. You're a nasty person. Yeah, and he said that like three times. Um and that's kind of the way the debate went, but she did a very good job of 
you're not answering my question. Here's the question. And it went back to him avoiding the question. And really, like I said in the group text, you know, he he definitely won the support of people who were already voting for him. He actually probably swayed a, a significant portion of people who were on the fence about voting for him. He probably swayed them. Uh, this was definitely a very good uh, PR opportunity for him. The CNN did not make him look like an asshole. You had to already know that you weren't voting for him and you hated this man um, and you were not a fan of him to look at it and go, yeah, he looks like an asshole. Uh, everybody who wasn't already on that side of the fence looked at it and went, okay, like, yeah, he he ran away with this thing and he he walked out of it looking very good from an undecided viewpoint from a uh from a republican who may not f- figure out between DeSantis and him like he walked away out of it looking really good uh, but again i think it's how all it was done in such a way that it made it made him look good, but if you were paying attention to how the questions were asked, it's how all of them should be done. Like I would love, probably not Tucker, but let's Laura Ingram maybe, like maybe like let's do this with Laura Ingram and Biden. Um. If somebody's going to challenge Biden for the presidential nomination, I, I'd love to see that. Um, I think it's a f- it's a fair way to do it. Ask the mm. question until you get the answer. Ask. The, in fact, at one point she said um, she asked him. She goes, "Hey," because he starts off and this whole like first five or ten minute monologue is about the 2020 election. It's fair. It's unfair. It was rigged. It was rigged. It was unfair. And she jumped in and she straight up cut him off after like five minutes. She just goes, I'm going to stop you. You're not allowed to talk anymore because it's what you're saying is patently false. It was not rigged. It was a fair election. You can't say that anymore. And every time he bring it up, he, she would on air be like, you can't say that. That's not true. Uh, so one of the final questions she asked was, if you lose a 2024 election, will you accept the results? And so he goes back into his 2020 monologue. And she goes, that's not what I asked. Would you accept the results? He goes back into the 2020 monologue. That's not what I asked. Would you accept the 2020 res- or 2024 results? And he goes, you're a nasty woman. You're all out to get me. That's da da da. And so he attacks her personally and then goes into the 2020. And she goes, perfect. You are, ref- you are refusing to answer the question. Okay. That's what we have. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Dude, I want to try to find a presidential candidate out there that represents like something real. Trump is a he's a TV show, so not um, for not uh, for however many million American forty two million how many how many people voted for him? Uh, whatever it is, forty nine point nine percent. I don't know. It doesn't matter at this point. Um just more like I don't want the other guy to win I mean it's been that way for quite a while of you're not voting for your candidate you're voting against the other candidate yeah it's kind of why I've been 
I mean, those, that was part of the reason why I did the social media purge, like that kind of vitriol and your dad kind of sussed it out of me where I was like, man, you know, you're right. Like I'm starting to buy into a lot of stuff, you know, um, just kind of keep my head down, listen to local stuff. Uh, Trump's a clown. I'm not going to fucking vote for him, but his economy was amazing. You yeah, know, sorry, uh, 74, 74 million, 223,975. 5,000. Um, so, yeah, 74 million people out there don't think he's... Uh, and by the way, historically, the economy does better when a Republican's in office. Like, just historically. Um, that's the way it is. Is that, like, immediate policies that happen under Republican ownership, or is that just, like, how the economy trends? It's just... How, you know... It, it's weird. It's just, Ebbs like, and flows. Yeah, so, historically, a Republican president, the economy is better um there are some exceptions so you think 19 what 1992 to 1998 um or i'm sorry 1990 what 1990 to 19 it was 96 90 to 98 when the fuck was clinton president he was 90 to 98 God right damn it you and i are bad americans for this Nine, yeah like Bush president Bush presidency was in two thousand, which means oh sorry, ninety two to two thousand, right? So that's that's the Clinton era. It was ninety two to two thousand. Um I mean, you have a dot com like you have the dot com boom that happens in there. Um I guess you can't even really give like Clinton credit for that. The nineties were weird. I guess anybody who was a president and the on the verge of like that technological precipice would have just been great but yes historically economics tend to be better or the economy tends to be better um under the republicans um and then you tend to see it fall off once the once the trickle down once the i'm sorry not trickle down once the um once the democrats are in Although, like I mean, Clinton was the last president who ran a budget surplus, so. What a fucking mess. Yeah, I would highly I recommend, know. I, I know you didn't watch it last night, um, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't, or they didn't care to, or whatever. Whatever side you're on, I would watch the very contentious points of it, and just, and look at it from, try to imagine it from a Trump supporter, and then try to imagine it from a non-Trump supporter, um, I, I really liked the way it was conducted, um, just because I appreciate the fact that the, the host went after and said, that's not on several occasions said, that's not the question. You're not answering the question. You're still not answering the question. This is the question. This is the question. This is the question. Um, it was one of the, one of the reasons why I was a, uh, a, uh, was it Ben Yang? Was that his name? Uh, I was Yang Gang in the 2020 election uh, because in the Democratic National, in the debates, the Democratic Party debates, the opening question was, how do you defeat Donald Trump or how do you how do you win American voters? No, it was the opening question was like, what is the problem with the American uh, election process? And all the candidates said Donald Trump this, Donald Trump that, this is what Donald Trump's doing, da 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 and one person, Andrew Yang, it's Andrew Yang, 
Andrew Yang said, so the problem with the electoral process is this, and this is why the Democrats aren't reaching these people and these people and this people. And I was like, holy shit, somebody actually answered the question. And then I listened to him for the rest of the night, and I was like, oh, my God, he's actually answering all the questions. And then he didn't get the nomination. <laughs> all that stuff kind of seems like a loaded lottery system, too. I don't know. I don't know, ma'am. It interests me. I love it. Um, it gives me it gives me reason to wake up and fight in the next morning, right? Because it's here in about ten years, it is no longer about me. Usually, about the time I think, about the time I'm forty five, it's it's no longer about me because now I have a twelve or a, a ten year old that it is about them and their future. And I have to start really like working to protect their future. It's hey, I had forty five good years. I might get another forty out of it. Uh, I need to start working for what's coming behind me, making sure I leave them something good. Well, that's a good ethic to have. I respect that quite a hell, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, anything you're looking forward to? You got any races coming up? Uh no, uh, dude. I mean, like the body's just bouncing back off uh, the BWR and then the big drinking binger. No races <laughs> planned right now. Just um, we're breaking into spring, and it's been breathtaking, breathtaking weather around here. Kind of stuff that you might have experienced last time you came out. Um, I think I came so out midsummer. I thought I came out like in August. June. Oh, yeah, June, July, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good trip, man. It'd be good to have you guys out here in May sometime, especially when the weather breaks out like this. I mean, um, as long as there's baseball, man, I'm always willing to come up. Oh, of course, there's baseball in May. I know. That's what I'm, saying. I'm like, I'm always willing to come up. Yeah. Well, we'll have to figure something out. Um, that actually really cool, man. It was something I was uh, tossing around, but um, with uh, new family members, makes that makes doing visits or travel a little bit more dicey. Uh, when are you going back to work, by the way? I went back to work last week. You can't tell. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you shaved up the last time I talked to you. You're, you're cleaning it up. You were not looking oh, like I know. a wild I just child. Knocked, I like, just knocked it down. Like, I went with a beard trimmer. No, I'm like... Fully within right. My guy, you were looking feral one of these <laughs> one of these times we hopped on a call. I was like, who's this who's this guy? He's been living in a wilderness. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, as best as I can grow facial hair, I tried it. Um and yeah. Wild no. man. Wild thing over here. I uh <laughs> Yeah, I uh no. <laughs> So yeah, no, I went back to work two weeks ago. It's not bad. I, you know, it's it's an adventure. Um, yeah. it, apparently, like I came in at a super tumultuous time. Um, that all kinds of stuff is changing, and um, what a great time to experience it. Yeah, like are we talking? I, not that I may not have a job, but like I may not have a job. Uh, and I may have to move to a different position within this unit. It's, it's going to be fun. Uh, but I'm really focused. Right now, I'm super focused on my college. Uh, I just had a class end yesterday. I have another class that starts up next week. And I've already got 
if I do this right, I think I have, I think I should be done by like middle of next year, maybe late next year with a master or with a uh, bachelor's and a minor, like a major and a minor. Dude, that's rad. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's such great news. Yeah, and then who knows from there. I found an online uh, JD program, a Juris Doctorate program with a matching, oh, yeah. with a matching MBA at Syracuse. Um, so who knows? Like maybe I go from this because I just added a business law degree um, or a business law minor. And so I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe transferring that into a um, into a Juris Doctorate Um Go take a freaking. Is that album. something you could uh, commission on? No, 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 no. I'm talking like after I retire, just sure being a lawyer. Why not? Yeah, make I figure it. around here I could just do so much pro bono work and then just charge military members who are on domestics and DUIs out the ass for my work. Like I have a degree. I've got a retirement check, so what do I care? So hey, you, you're on a domestic or DUI in your military double rate hey you got picked up from the cops because you were driving while black it's free there's your tax dollars at work that's the american military giving back to the people it's fucking capitalism <laughs> picking what you want to do yeah fuck yeah like, why not right and you better believe i'm going to charge every single military member at least double if not triple i just have to prove that i'm good at my job well, that's the thing of it, right? Mm. Yeah. Anything? Um, this kind of feels like a natural ending to the episode. You got anything that you want to close out on? No, man. I'm stoked to be back in the uh, in the hot seat. Uh, I know it's been a few weeks. the The BWR thing and the uh, the big bender um, really put a shutdown to to my time, yeah. and I'm glad I took the time off. I was like, man, I haven't. I haven't been truly fucked up in a while. <laughs> and I was like like driving with the shakes the next morning. Yeah. Man, I was so I was so excited. And there's there's other parts of the story that I won't go over, but basically like, like all of my mental focus was on driving. You know, <laughs> normally when I'm on a road trip, I want to catch up with people. You like you just hit hit up somebody be like, "Yo, man, I'm I'm on the road for the next 8 hours. Want to yeah. catch up? Let me know." So, all right, uh, let me do my thing. Bear with me. This is going to be long here. So, May 16th, uh, Arizona, Tempe, special election, Tucson, uh, special election. So, all these dates right now are May 16th. Colorado, Walsenburg, mayor and city council, recall election. Colorado Springs has a general runoff. Jacksonville, Florida has a general runoff. Florida House of Representatives, District 24, special general. Uh, Georgia House of Representatives, District uh, 68 has a special general Kentucky statewide primary Kentucky statewide primary Kentucky statewide primary May 16th May 16th May 16th go vote in that statewide primary uh, Kentucky State Senate District 28 May 16th New Hampshire House of Representatives in Hillsborough special general Lackawanna County oh my god fucking school districts again I just went through this with Texas uh <laughs> Lackawanna City School District General in New York and Oregon, uh, David Douglas School District General 
in uh, these are in Oregon, in Oregon. So Portland, Portland has a city general election. You may want to go attend that one. Uh, Scapu School District, Portland Public Schools, Multanama County Commission, Reynolds School District, Park Rose School District, Beaverton School District, Salem Kaiser Public Schools, Centennial School District, and Mult Multnomah County, all in Oregon, all on May sixteenth. Uh, Pennsylvania House of Representatives District 108 and 160, uh, 163 uh, special elections. Pennsylvania statewide primary. Once again, Pennsylvania statewide primary, May 16th. Sioux Falls School District in South Dakota, May 16th. On May 20th, oh, Virginia doing it right. Having elections on a Saturday so people can fucking go vote. Good for you. Virginia House of Delegates District 25 and 56. Uh, so uh, the House of Delegates... You have a Republican Party mass meeting and a Republican Party convention. Uh, kind of interesting they put those up there. Yeah, go attend those if you're in District 25 and District 56. Um, go attend For those. all of our be thousands of listeners. Yeah, go attend those in drag. Just have fun with it. Um, all right, let's get into some socials. Uh, we are Drunk Week in the Review at Instagram.com. Find us on Gmail. Uh, DrunkWeekInReview at gmail.com. For the old school listeners, pretty little loggers at gmail.com. Stay, stay tuned for season two. Uh, we are on Facebook.com slash DrunkWeekInReview and Twitter at DWIR Podcast. Share it with your homies. Um, and support sex workers. That's right. Aaron, uh, you got any closing words of good hope for our three people that listen to this audience? Hi, Dad. Hi, Aaron. Don't die. Mom. Don't die. Stay positive. Uh, yeah. Appreciate y'all hanging in there. I promise we're going to have a more than two person episode here soon. Aaron, I enjoyed it. Uh, I hope your Fakasha comes out great. Uh, I expect some pictures. Um, make sure you put the little knuckle, you know, put your fingerprints in them. Do, do the little divots, um, all the way through. Uh, get you a good, get you a good balsamic vinegar and olive oil mix. Um, I like to put a little red pepper flake. In that too, just give it like a little spice uh, as I'm dipping my focaccia bread in it. Um, strawberry vinaigrette, something like that. I don't know. Enjoy. Enjoy. Welcome to the world of making bread. Uh, you will judge other people's bread for the rest of your life and always say, I can do it better. And then you get home and you throw the loaf away because you went, I did not do it better. <laughs> and that's where we're at. Yeah. Good night. And we love you.